Okay. Well, I'm I'm a couple days late on this, but I wanted to do a quick diary episode. This isn't going to be too long. How are you? It's Wednesday. Just another day. You know, honestly, like time doesn't exist. Time is a construct. And we're all just um we're all in a world with um arbitrary chunks of moments that are strung together and used to hold us into hmm prisons from which we can't escape. Guys, I just ate Subway and I haven't eaten Subway in months. And before I went to Subway, I texted somebody and I said, hey, I think I'm going to eat Subway. I really wanted an Italian BMT. Okay. And normally I do not go to Subway. Yes, I have heard all of the rumors of how the uh, the plastic on which they bake the bread is cancerous and, you know, cancerous type cells like leak into the bread. But that, you know, that's not what stopped me from going to Subway initially. I had stopped because it's just, um, it's not good, guys. And look, I know this is probably going to completely forever um eliminate me from having any sort of association with subway (laughs) not that i care i mean look how long they were associated with uh jared fogel you know they obviously didn't do any background checks (laughs) but um yeah i i ate subway today guys i'm a woman of the people i went out there i did it there is a subway in beverly hills i am coming to you live from uh my luxurious Honda Civic Hybrid, which I have, I think I have like two more payments left <laughs> and then I own it. I and then I'll have the title of this car and then, you know, this car obviously will uh, succumb to planned obsolescence like any other vehicle and um, I'll have to get another car. Look, life is a journey and uh, part of that journey is uh, paying bills and always... Uh, being obligated to some sort of financial institution. Anywho, the Oscars happened on Sunday. Did you watch the Oscars? Um, I think a lot of people I know watch the Oscars, you know, unlike, you know, a, a chunk of middle America who claims to not care about the Oscars, you know, that it's, you know, coastal elitism, you know, Hollywood elitism. I saw a great tweet by Kumail Nanjiani that said, um, it said something like, you know, I like when people think that it's an insult to call me the Hollywood elite. I'm so flattered by that. <laughs> yeah, one could be so lucky. I wish I was part of the Hollywood elite. Somebody sent me a list of the the items that were in the Oscars gift bag this year. And I think only nominees get this. But the list was unbelievably... <laughs> 
long and like some of the things on the list didn't even make sense. It's like gifts that should be in a gift bag. Like one of the things is a it's a 12 day vacation, a 12 day paid vacation to Tanzania. That's in a gift bag. <laughs> like, how is that possible? I'll read you some of them. A 12 night Tanzania vacation for two, for a two week long stay at the Golden Door Spa. A DNA kit from 23andMe. Well, of course. I mean, everybody needs to get their DNA DNA looked up now. Um, a six-night, seven-day stay at the Koala Landing Resort in Kauai. Um, let's see. A year supply of Healing Saint products. No idea what that is, but it's probably nice. Uh, luxury false lashes from Laceline. A commitment from Jaritos Iconic Mexican Soda to donate a pallet of soft drinks to a charitable event of the nominee's choice. Personal training sessions with celebrity trainer Alexis Seletsky. Must be nice for her business. <laughs> um, blush and whimsy magical color changing lipstick. Uh, Charleston and Harlow candles. I don't even know what that is, but I love luxury candles and I'm going to Google it just to find out. Like I really want a Voluspa three wick candle, but... I can't get it until my next paycheck. That's how much I'm struggling, guys, is that I can't buy a new Voluspa candle until my next pay. Well, it is like a $65 candle, but it's large and has three wicks. Look, don't judge me. I'm a single woman. I don't have children. I don't have a husband. I, I don't have any man to take care of. You know, I'm alone in this world. I'm alone in this Honda Civic recording this podcast in my office building on my lunch break. Look, <laughs> the hustle is real and I'm out here. What else is on this, uh, in this gift bag? This is intriguing. Oh, wait, hold on. Th this is interesting. Luxury Diamonds Limited Edition Conflict-Free Diamond Necklace. Must be nice! <laughs> Conflict-Free Diamond Necklace. Shit. Ugh. Rouge Maple Pure Organic Maple Syrup. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Youth Blast Anti-Aging Supplement. Of course. You know, maybe one day I'll be able to go to an award show like this and get a gift bag and report back to you on this very podcast what I got in the gift bag. But hopefully by then, I'll be too important to talk to you people. No, I'm kidding. Um. Anyway... So I, I did watch the Oscars. I, I think most of the wins were predictable. I did predict that uh, Get Out would get Best Picture um, as sort of um, a backlash against the Golden Globe winners because people weren't happy with the Golden Globes. I think Three Billboards won uh, Best Picture at the Golden Globes, which it shouldn't have because it's not good. And I've talked about it enough times. You've heard enough of that. Um but some of the highlights of the Oscars, let's see. Oh, yeah. Here's my best dressed for a man. Uh, definitely Army Hammer in that, like, burgundy Giorgio Armani custom tux. Are you kidding me? That velvet burgundy. He looked really good. And then I looked up and it said he had um, the stomach flu before he came there. And he was, like, hook up, hooked up to an IV in his house. That's what I want, guys. I just want to be hooked up do an IV in my house when I'm not feeling well. You know, if I've had too many martinis, I just want to summon somebody to my manse and have them hook me up to an IV and make me feel good, guys. 
That's luxury. You know, he's from a very wealthy family. He's from the the Hammer family, which I think they made their money in steel. But um, if you are in L.A., there's like a bunch of things named after like the Hammer. So there's like the Hammer Museum at uh, UCLA. And then there's something at LACMA that's named after the Hammers. I think it's like the Armand Hammer, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, yeah, he's related to Armand Hammer. So if you look him up, you'll see that he comes from vast wealth, (laughs) okay? A lot of these actors do, and that's fine. You know, acting is a privilege. So he looked nice for Best Dressed Man. Best Dressed Woman, definitely Taraji Henson. Did you see this dress? Okay, remember a few years ago when Angelina Jolie showed up with that leg slit and everybody freaked the fuck out? This dress trumped that. Uh, It was a, a custom... Uh, Vera Wang, I believe, and it had tulle, and it was uh, sleeveless, but it had um, like sort of like draped tulle all, all around the dress, and a high slit on uh, the left leg. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up right now. She is on, it is on Instagram, on Taraji P. Henson's Instagram, and she posted some of the uh, the mock-ups, the drawings of uh the dress apparently a lot of fans drew her this dress was unbelievable guys i mean i i don't even want to go on talking about it. it it upsets me too much i have to i have to go back to the gym i i'm allowed to go back to the gym now so everything's great I, you don't need to know why i wasn't allowed to go but i was doing pilates so i'm gonna continue doing pilates um hmm you know Frances McDormand, <laughs> she's, she's, she's a, she's an interesting lady. You know, I, even though I have a problem with that movie, you know, I'm fine with her winning, uh, for three billboards. You know, she is a great actress, but I do want to l- let you guys know that she did a uh, step on my foot once in 2007 when I was working at American Eagle Outfitters and she was extremely apologetic. Very sorry. You know, she acted like something really, really terrible had happened. I was working at the flagship American Eagle Outfitter store in Union Square in New York City. And uh, yes, I I worked at American Eagle Outfitters proudly for almost five years. Okay. Yes, I did take advantage of the employee discount. (laughs) This is back when, you know, I was a little more svelte. And, you know, all of those clothes looked like super cute on me because they're like kind of like junior sizes. They're not like real like women's clothes sizes, you know, they're they're just not made for like women's bodies once you like fill out, you know, it's I fit in that stuff more when I was like flat. I used to be real flat, guys. Um, Things change. But, you know, she's a nice lady, you know. She was in there shopping with her her son for jeans. She stepped on my foot, and uh, she was very sorry, guys. But, um, you know, I kind of did like her little speech where she asked all the women who were nominated to stand up. So we'll see what happens. I mean, she did seem a little maniacal, but, you know, who isn't every once in a while? What else is going on? Ugh. I have something to say. So I um there's an open mic I was hosting that I'm no longer hosting and honestly fine. I'm fine with that, but I do want to say something. I do want to say that if you are in comedy, 
you know just you know how difficult it is to keep going it's and it's kind of like an abusive relationship in comedy you know where you're kind of like constantly in this fight with um I don't know, just all kinds of things like weighing you down. Not exactly sure how to describe it. Um, There's just so many factors going into how comedy works, you know, as far as, you know, you have to be working on your material, you have to be marketing yourself, you have to be networking, you have to be, um, you know, making connections with venues, you know, trying to get booked out of town, going out of town to perform, uh, applying to festivals, you know, working on projects other than stand up, you know, have a podcast, you know, obviously I'm doing that right now. But um, there's just a lot that goes into comedy for what I would call very little reward. And, you know, there there has been a comedy boom the last few years, but I can see it starting to slow down. And I think the bubble was bursting right about now. I have heard from people that um, written online comedy is starting to burst. Um, if you've been reading the news at all, you would have seen that uh, Facebook basically fired everybody who worked at uh, Funny or Die, I believe, because I guess Facebook acquired it as some type of property, but now they don't want it anymore because posting comedy online doesn't make any money. Okay. And the reason for that is the proliferation of the internet, right? So now what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of shows ending, uh, some comedy venues shutting down, things like that. So I can sort of see like this bubble about to burst. And so what does that mean for comedians? Okay. So people who are going to stick in it, which is probably still a lot of people. And there are, in Los Angeles, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of comedians. And there's multiple scenes, too. But what I'm seeing is that a lot of comics are either, you know, maybe they're going to quit, you know, uh, they're going to decide, like, well, oh, I'm not famous within two years, so I'm stopping this. And I've seen a lot of people, like, go crazy because they're not you know, famous within a certain amount of time. I talked to a guy who told me, he was like, well, you know, if I'm not really successful at this within nine months, I'm quitting. And I was just like, okay. I mean, most people work on this their entire lives and they don't reach the type of success they want to because mostly everybody who's drawn to comedy is basically empty inside and has an endless well uh, inside of them that cannot be filled with the claps and laughter of strangers, okay? So you keep going. If you're a real comic, you're going to keep going, okay? I plan on keeping going. Like, I don't have any any other things to be doing. You know, I haven't been swept off my feet by some some billionaire. You know, I'm not living in a manse, you know, diamond facials every day, having a yoga instructor come see me daily to instruct me in yoga, you know. <laughs> get get your mind out of the gutter, kids. You know, that is my ideal lifestyle, you know, just, you know, being a Pilates housewife and doing charity work. You know, honestly, yes, that sounds good to me. Uh, I've worked a lot in my life. I do have a workaholic attitude. I honestly don't think I I ever really quit anything. I don't I'm not that type of person who gives up. But what I do want to say is I think that because there's 
so much comedy and a lot of gatekeepers. I think a lot of comedians end up getting taken advantage of. So I think if you find yourself in a position where you feel you're being taken advantage of, such as, <clears throat> you know, hosting an open mic at a venue that, um, you know, charges an obscene amount of money for people to either A, perform on an open mic or B, uh, put on a show there but doesn't do any sort of you know real marketing or have you know legitimate ticket sales online or anything like that and they're not like really a comedy venue but you know they want comics to you know do certain things for them without any sort of you know reward you know such as host an open mic for let's say two to three hours with um no compensation yeah, you're going to have some problems. So listen, don't let people take advantage of you. That's what I'm trying to say. Do not let people take advantage of you. Stand up for yourself. What's the worst that's going to happen? What's somebody's going to tell you no? Well, then fuck that person. You don't need them. Um, as I've gotten older, I've started to care less and less what people think of me. And it's extremely freeing. And I recommend it. I recommend getting older, guys. Even though I'm not old, I'm 31. Okay? I'll say it. I'm 31 years old. I know who I am. I know what I want. And guess what? I'm not going to let venues or anybody take advantage of me. So don't let people undervalue your time. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? Stand up for yourself. Um... God, I feel like I'm in such a creative rut right now. I, you know, I've been working on basically, I think it's going to end up being like a 20 minute set and I want to tape a full 20 minute set. And then I want to go out of town and perform it out of town because guess what? In Los Angeles, there is little to no reward for performing stand up comedy. Sure, you can get booked on shows. Shows are great. Shows are fun. But a lot of people in LA do not go to see live comedy. There's just no sort of culture where the people of Los Angeles, you know, are excited to go see stand-up comedy. A lot of the crowds that you see in, um, you know, the Comedy Store or the Improv or the Laugh Factory, a lot of them are tourists. You know, people people who go to uh, the Comedy Store Potluck on Monday who aren't comics, for example, are mostly tourists. You know, they're from out of town. They know what the Comedy Store is. They want to check it out. So you're playing to these like tourist crowds. So it's important also, and God, this is going to make me sound like such a sellout, (laughs) but you want to have material that's geared towards those types of crowds. Okay. So that's why like you have comics who, um, you know, if they have a, a chunk of material that has to do with like drinking, like who's a good example of this? Like maybe somebody like, um, Chris, how do you say his name? Delia? Is it Delia or Delia? <laughs> Delia or Delia? Chris Delia. So he has like a big chunk of material about like drunk girls and like how it, how funny it is when girls are drunk. But guess what? Like when he does that material, it pushes drinks in the club. And then more and more people will buy drinks. And then they want to have him back because the club wants to sell drinks. Comedy is so complicated. If if anybody listening to this is considering doing stand-up comedy, just please do something else. Like, go to law school. I might still go to law school. 
How crazy is that? I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about taking the LSAT in June, mostly to prove a point. You know, I just want to prove a point that I can get a good score in the LSAT and continue on with my life. So wish me luck on the LSAT, guys. Dreams come true. Look, I'm not negative today. I just, um, I don't know. I'm, I have a lot on my mind. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> um, there's this, uh, there's this cute guy in my office building. I don't, but you know, I'm worried that he might be like a bad guy. Like kind of like, he looks like he could have voted for Trump. <laughs> like he has kind of that look where like, you know, he, you know, he, um, a very, um, mm, how would I describe it? <laughs> very, you know, German looking, uh, blondish, uh, square jawed, you know, um, good looking white guy. And, um, but I'm worried that he could be like super conservative. He drives like this, um, this gold Jaguar. If he ever, if we ever talk and he finds out about this, I have to delete this episode. <laughs> but he has this kind of like angry face and it's kind of sexy. And I want to like find out what his name is and talk to him. But, um, we've never spoken, but he does smile at me. And I'm, I kind of want to find out what that's about. But he does work in some sort of investment office, which scares me. That could be a red flag, right? That he's he's probably, like, obsessed with money. I don't know. Like, he's probably just as... Is he just, like, trading stuff all day? I have no idea what he does. But I see him quite often, and he smiles at me. So maybe I'll say something to him the next time he smiles at me, guys. You know, that, that'll be pretty exciting. And I have noticed I have been getting a lot more uh, male attention lately. And I'm pretty sure it's because of two things. I mean, one, I, I lost weight, you know, over the last uh, nine, ten months. Um, and I changed my hair. Yeah, I have blonde highlights. Guys, you know, it's true. I guess men do like blonde hair. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That's the only thing I can do to explain it. But... Yeah, I I may pursue a guy in my office who looks like he, he definitely looks like he could have voted for Trump. I mean, the gold Jaguar that he drives, like that's definitely a red flag, right? I don't know. And the fact that he works in investment. He also was wearing these like, I saw him earlier today and he was wearing brown loafers. I hope he didn't see me carrying Subway because that would be embarrassing, you know, because he wasn't in Subway. I don't know where he came from, but he was walking the same direction me as me on Wilshire. So am I giving too much away about where I work? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nobody, are you guys going to come find me? I don't care. <sighs> I don't feel like I really need to say anything else, but I will say this. Um, my throat is scratchy. It's Wednesday. My knee kind of has a dull pain to it. <laughs> And everything's fine, guys. You know, this is just, uh, this is just life. You know, this is how things are meant to be. You know, you, you're in pain, you don't feel well, and you press on. That's how life goes. I think everybody is talking about this, uh, this girl on The Bachelor who got dumped by, um, what's this guy's name? Ari or whatever. I guess he, like, he asked Becca 
to marry him and then he dumped Becca to get back with the other girl on the show and I saw video because guys please do not think that I'm that basic I am not very familiar with The Bachelor I don't know a lot about it I mean I know I understand the entire concept and what they're doing I mean it's been on for like 22 seasons right but I I do not watch it but I it made me angry like the way this guy broke up with her and then the video footage of him like basically trying to keep like touching her touching her he was like are you are you okay do you want me to go do you want me to go and she's standing there like I mean and this woman like really kept it together like I don't know much about Becca but I feel really bad for her and you know she's just standing there being like yeah I want you to go and this this guy Ari who sucks is, keeps trying to touch her I hate that. You know, if you're breaking up with somebody, yeah, break up with them and just leave. You know, that that's what people should be thinking about, you know, when they're breaking up with people, you know. And this whole bullshit about, you know, when people break up with you and they uh, they want to be your friend after, that's such bullshit. And I've realized why, okay? Because if, if they... <laughs> If they weren't very, you know, like, friend-like to you while you were together, why would you want to be friends with them after you broke up? You know, I've had this happen to me. I've had guys be like, let's be friends. It's like, no, like, you weren't my friend when we dated. You were not, (laughs) you were not nice when we dated. Were you my friend when we dated? No. All you did was criticize me. (sighs) I'm not bitter. I just, um... I just think about this stuff a lot. I'm obsessed with relationship stuff. And I have, you know, talked to my therapist about this a lot. And she just thinks that, you know, the great struggle of my life is going to be, you know, reconciling the fact that I am extremely driven personally, um, also professionally. So, like, my professional and my personal life, like, I want to have both. But she thinks I'm going to have a problem having both which makes sense because that's what my birth card says so becca k listen i've been there i get it ari's not a good guy all right i don't like him i looked him up for like 10 seconds and i hated him he's like some race car driver but he's only won like one race i don't understand like who is he the original bachelor wasn't it that like was it the tire guy Andrew Firestone. Wait, he cannot be the first Bachelor. I'm going to look it up right now. This is important to me. But I remember... Let's see. Andrew Firestone. Andrew Firestone. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Oh, he was the third Bachelor. (laughs) In, in in March 2003? Jesus. I was I was 16 years old then. So I'm going to look up who the first Bachelor was. If I know who it was, I'm going to scream. Okay. March 25th to April 20, 25th, 2002. The first Bachelor was a guy named Alex Michel. Who... Oh my god. Like, nobody remembers this guy. Who is this guy? 
Oh, the runner-up was Trista Wren. But I remember Trista was on the, wasn't she the first season of, uh, yeah, the first season of The Bachelorette. Wow, she's 45 now. Good for her. Listen, everything's fine. All of these guys on The Bachelor always kind of look the same. They always kind of have that look like they're not very smart. Like, you know when you look at somebody and you can just tell that there's like nothing much going on behind their eyes? You're like, I can't deal with this. Okay, I looked up Alex Michelle. Okay, I vaguely remember this guy. 2002. Unbelievable. It's been on that long. 16 years. Yeah, this guy, yeah, he, this guy has that same sort of look, that same sort of like dead eyed kind of like, ooh, <laughs> like I'm a dumb guy type look, you know, but they're all like allegedly some type of like businessman or entrepreneur, but it's like, what do you do? Like, no, nobody understands. I think a lot of them are related to rich people, right? Like Andrew Firestone. Is he related to the the tires yeah uh andrew firestone is the son of brooks firestone what a name brooks firestone imagine that being your name that's unbelievable a grandson of leonard firestone and a great-grandson of firestone tire and rubber company founder harvey firestone and ida bell smith well that must be nice must be nice reality television used to be so good like do you remember that whole era on VH1 where they had like Flavor of Love and Rock of Love and I Love New York and Chance of Love. <laughs> that's that's when it all got started, guys. You know, that's when reality television peaked. Now it's really bad. I don't even I don't even watch reality TV now. The only one I ever do watch when I'm usually at my mom's house when I watch it, I'll watch um uh, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's pretty much it. So, you know, I guess that's it. You know, Becca, I, I feel for you. I've been there. I've been dumped. You know, I've been dumped by men who have dumped me for another woman. So I totally get it. So you're not alone. We're in solidarity. Okay. Now I guess she's going on The Bachelorette, which I don't really respect. But, you know, everything's fine. Okay. Well, what else do I have uh, going on? I do have some shows coming up. I'll be at uh, the Dime Bar on March 19th. On March 20th, I'll be at Flights in uh, Hawthorne. It's on El Segundo Boulevard, a nice sports bar down there. That's a fun show. So that'll be good. And then in April, I am going to be at the Chatterbox on Sunday, April 1st. Then on April 10th, I will be roast battling Guam Felix at the world famous comedy store. So all all that and more, guys, coming up. And then next week, the podcast will be back with uh, my good friend Lisa Chenu. So, um, yeah, this was fun. I'll uh, see you guys later. Take care. Bye.